I'm Mac Loudermilk, and you listen to One Night Stand. Go Knights and charge on. Chart with straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. Flirt with the hood rats, then pop models. Uh-huh. Chart with yeah. straight shots and then pop bottles. Yeah. This is One Night Stand. What up, Night fans? It's Wednesday, March 6th. UCF just came off a huge win over number 8 Houston on the road, snapping a 33-game home win streak for Houston, possibly the biggest win in school history. And I'm here with... Possibly. No, I don't think so. <laughs> it was definitely the biggest win in school history. I know you guys miss me. It's Money Moo. What's going on? I was at a loss for words after this game. Not that I didn't think our Knights would, would be victorious, but this was a huge, huge win for us. Houston ranked number eight coming into the game. The game was really good, back and forth. Got to give up credit to Houston. That's going to be a really tough out in the tournament, man. I tell you what. They are crazy athletic, super fast. They were never out of it. You know, it just kept going back and forth. I have a feeling that this will not be the last time we're going to see them, you know, with the conference tournament coming up in about a week and a half. Yeah. And, you know, to quote, uh, who is that? Dennis Smith. To quote Dennis Smith, this is the UCF team that we thought they were. This is the team they're now playing up to their ability, to their potential, that we thought this was, you know, the the team that everyone picked is the preseason favorite to win the conference. We're finally playing like that right now. We're hot at the right time, and it's just great. And you're right, Houston's super athletic. In the first half, I mean, they were throwing up these teardrop shots that just, like, couldn't miss. And I was like, you know what? Eventually, they're going to stop hitting those shots, and we're going to take the lead, and that's what happened. And we never looked back. That You're right, they hung with us, made it close, but – we were just the better team that day, and it was De- that's Dennis Green, by the way. Uh, whatever. The we are, <laughs> we thought they were. No, but seriously, and, you know, obviously, I might have jumped the gun with the Johnny Dawkins hot seat talk last time, but oh, I, I like to think that who who was on the other side of that argument? Money Moo. <laughs> but I'd like to think that you know I maybe you know got him going, put put a little pep in his step. He was like, all right. Probs has put me out there on the hot seat, then we got to step it up. But no, in all seriousness, I mean, this is, we're getting hot here at the right time. You know, one one game left, and then we've got the conference tournament, and then we got March Madness. Uh, God, there's so much to talk about since uh, last time. Where do you want to start? All right, well, let's let's take it back. Let's, let's go over the game, the Houston game, just a little bit more. Okay. I, I, it was such a big win for us. So, like you said, those little teardrop shots. A ton of those, like I call them, like the Steve Nash runners. Yeah, well, they you never remember like Steve Nash, like run up the lane, he like throw it with the craziest arc. I'm just like, how does that go in? <laughs> right. So you know they had to play. You got to, to the best of their abilities against Taco. So you got to you got to throw up that high to get over him. The thing that pisses me off so much is those stupid mid range jumpers. Yeah, like just inside the three, you know that means the D, the D is playing good. You know, we're not giving up easy baskets. I'll, I'll take those mid-range just, jumpers all day because they're, yeah, lo- they're they lowest percentage. In, I like, know. Every single time. It's, but, just, it's very frustrating. But that's the thing. Eventually, you know, regression to the meme or whatever, that stuff stops happening. You can't just keep hitting those shots like that. And and it did, and that's when we started to pull away from them, I think. No, you're right. Another key contributor. How about Colin Smith? Oh, yeah. Big-time game for him. I feel like it was like every other possession, he was just throwing out a nasty dunk, and there was like nothing Houston could do about it. Well, it was a good matchup. They didn't really have anyone that could guard him. Yeah. You know, and that hasn't happened in a game this year so far. That was his career high, 21 points, 7 rebounds. Big time. Big time. The kid can ball, and we definitely exploited a mismatch. You know, that's what we're going to do. We're either going to beat you with Taco – we're going to beat you with BJ, BJ and Aubrey shooting threes or, you know, a combination of everything. But yeah. I'm excited, man. This team is dangerous. Like you said, this is who we were supposed to be in the preseason. You know what I mean? Just took a like, while to get what, clicking. 
all of those preseason magazines, I remember I was reading like, oh, everyone's saying like UCF could make the tournament, UCF could go deep, UCF could do this. And then for the first like month or two of the season, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, this is what we always turn into. <laughs> yeah. What a time to start getting the ball rolling. You know, I say that we're 22 and six, you know, we are a really good team. <laughs> we just weren't quite as good as we should have been, but right. we're, really... we're not as good as we should have been. That's exactly the point. We're playing up to our potential. And like, you know? if we're having an off year. We're having an off year, but, and like, you know, one of the things like even last game, BJ Taylor didn't even have a single field goal in the first half. Taco didn't, wasn't doing much either, but everyone else around him stepped up. And it's like, you look at our starting lineup and, all these guys are good and have the potential to dominate games. And as opposed to some of the other games when we weren't playing as good, it's like no one can do anything. This game, it was like everyone kind of stepped up when it was needed. You know, Dawkins hit a really clutch three at the end to pretty much seal it. Taco been good on the free throw line last nine games. He's 29 of 58, exactly 500, which is all we need from him. I mean, that, that's a huge improvement from earlier in the season. And yeah, this is this is really exciting. Uh, very unexpected, but very very exciting time again to be a UCF fan. Yeah, that last three by Dawkins, man, that was boom. I, I think my dog like gets really scared when I like <laughs> at the TV. I think he thinks his name is Let's Go. <laughs> That's hilarious. Let's talk about a couple of the other games leading up to that big win versus Houston. We had that disappointing loss at Cincinnati where we only lost by five. We had 17 turnovers. It was just sloppy. A couple wins in between there, and then this might be the game that like where the team started to click and the season turned around. That game versus SMU last Sunday where we almost dropped a 100-burger on them, won 95-48. The game was out of hand, but like halfway through the first half, Taco Smith – <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. <laughs> Taco Fall had a career game, 23 points, 20 boards. And then after that, we went into USF, hostile environment, close game, but we ran away at the end, and we've just been on fire, man. I think that was the turning point in our season, SMU. Let's talk about that USF game a little bit, though. Me and you both oh, went there. What, did you watch the SMU game? No, I didn't. I, I really want to rewatch the game. I mean, 20 rebounds, an unbelievable feat. But I'm wondering how many, like, do they count rebounds on, like, putbacks? Yeah. Like, you know how sometimes, <laughs> Dude, so, like, Taco will try and, like, throw the ball up, and then he'll hit the rim, and he'll get his rebound. And then he'll do it again, and then get his rebound. Dude, like, he can do that, like, four or five times. He had, know? like, three rebounds on one play, I'm pretty sure. But, hey, whatever. Yeah. It, it counts. I mean. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> no, but yeah, there was a there was a couple where he got two rebounds on a play, and I think he got three on one, too. But, hey, whatever. A little bit off subject from that game. But I think this was in the Houston game. Do you remember? This was a huge key to the game as well, emotionally. The rebound that taco had and this other guy like tried to swat the ball away from him. do you remember this oh and he, he just held grabbed, it up he held it he straight just up held it up in the air and the little dude like jumped like it was a little kid it's like when me and you used to play and you were a foot taller than me and right. i went to school you just hold the ball up and i'd jump and i you wouldn't even move and i couldn't that get the like, ball so that's the confidence that we've been looking for from taco a little for swag his action entire career you know what i mean yeah like, at some points, I've heard some people say, like, oh, he's a little soft, like, he needs to get tougher. He's the nicest guy in the world. Yeah. Uh, which is great. But when you're on the court, you know, you got to play mean. You got to play a little tough. And that, to me, was a huge sign of confidence and really just a, a, a an emotional boost for the team that, like, okay, you know, we have the ball. We're here to dominate and we're going to win this game. I agree with that completely. That was cool. Love it. That definitely was. All right, so back to the USF game. We drove up for this last, was it Thursday? Wednesday. Wednesday. Last Wednesday. Uh, where do we start? So first stop, Casino. Money Moo living up to his nickname. He cleaned up. How much did you win? I think it was up like 250 But yeah, but you were betting like $10 a hand. If you were betting like 50 I had some bigger bets. <laughs> You're playing the, the Charles G system. No, but it was like you couldn't lose. It was insane. 
I, I, I really I really should have been betting more, but I'm the kind of guy that like when I win some, you know, I'm like happy that I won and I didn't lose. Where you are the guy that's like, oh, I got to double my bet, triple my bet. Yeah. And probably I probably would have been up like a grand if I would have followed your system. But. Yeah. I I think I won uh, I won a few hundred too. Anyway, that was fun. I, I'd never been at the casino where everyone wins like that. And the reason was because we were going to be late for the game. So we had like a set time that we had to leave because or else you just end up sitting there and eventually you end up losing it. And then you put more money in and we all know how that goes. Anyway, so getting to the game. I think this was honestly the most people they've ever had at that stadium. Doug um, didn't know what to do. Like The you... parking people. So we were in line, not moving, and they were turning cars into this parking lot. And I'm looking at this parking lot, and there's cars just driving around. There's no spots. There's no spots. <laughs> bah. So I have no idea like what they were doing. They so weren't, anyway, they weren't pulled... used to people actually going to their games. Yeah. I like pulled over to the left, started driving. I'm driving, driving. I'm like, dang, I think now I'm like in the middle of campus. I have like no idea where I'm at. So I make a right turn and uh, I'm with DJ Pav and I go, oh, well, maybe there's a spot in this lot. And it was, you know, like those lots at UCF that are by like the handicap spots that have like maybe like four spots. Yeah. Like four regular parking spots. Yeah. (laughs) Like over there by like classroom one. I pulled under there and and Pav was like, oh, there's no way there's going to be a spot. Boom. One spot right there. I park. Literally walk like ten feet around the corner, and the stadium's right there. And it was the gate, and our correct gate. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, so you, it, when, it was crazy luck to to find this. Uh, but anyway, yeah, the parking was a freaking nightmare. When I I don't know I when you told me there was traffic, I just parked and walked, and it was fine. So yeah, the Yingling Center. Um, actually, not bad. I'll give not, them that. I was gonna say the same thing. I, yeah. I was actually a little. I've been there before, but apparently they've done some renovations. As of late, it's, it's, I think it's all right. Yeah, it I, wasn't I bad. So yeah, we had tickets with club access, and but they said no buffet. But it was kind of the honor system on that. So we got yeah, in. That that's one knock I'm gonna give them. Like our tickets, our tickets that we bought said club access, no buffet. Like okay, maybe there's like a separate area where they have the buffet. The buffet sucked anyway. So really. But no, it's like there's one club with the buffet just there, and it's like, oh, you're gonna present me with all this delicious food, and wasn't that delicious? Well, whatever. You're gonna present me with all this food and be like, no, you cannot have buffet. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of stupid. It, it is pretty dumb, but I wouldn't expect anything less from USF. How about their um, official hashtag, Bulls peed ahead? Someone's got to get fired for that. I know that. I know what it says. But it, you can't have something like that and leave it up for interpretation, or else everyone's just gonna make fun of it. Like, <laughs> no, absolutely, I agree. That was one of your more liked tweets, by the way. That's a pretty of good recent, of recent memory. Pretty good one. I don't um, off season Twitter is not that active for me. I've, you know, I don't tweet as much or anything when, it, when we're not in football season. But yeah, that one did pretty well. Anyway, awesome game. You know, it was close at halftime. We kind of pulled away in the second half, like we should have. Pretty decent student support there. There was a pretty big bus of uh, of kids up there making some noise. We were pretty loud. USF got some really dumb chants going. They chanted LSU at us, which we replied back with Marshall because they lost to Marshall in their bowl game. It's like, what were you thinking when you started this chant? Then they came back with the we have Publix. And, yeah, USF is just so freaking pathetic. And it's like they know it. They know it now, too. It's like they have nothing on us. Their student section was so small. Yeah. I, it had to have been like 100 kids. Yeah, although we can't really talk much about attendance, but that's all going to change this Thursday night. So let's talk no, about... No, no, no. Oh. We, uh, we clearly have... You can't tell me they have more students. This was their biggest game of the year. I, dude, we have more students that... I know... Our games have, have been fucking... Issues. Our games have been fucking empty and pathetic, dude. I'm probably going to cut this part out. But. I don't know. That was bad. Whatever. Anyway, right, so let's talk about some other funny crap that happened at the game. All right. So when we were in the club, there was people like their little official people. I swear they must have asked us for our tickets like five different times. Like we were one of the only UCF people in there. And I felt like they were kind of harassing us because like I'd go to the bathroom and come out and there'd be some other guy in a USF shirt be like, oh, sir, can I see your ticket? It's like, yes, I'm. 
able to be in here. I didn't just sneak in here. So I thought that that was kind of annoying. Their whole system was just messed up. Like, I don't know. They need some kind of wristband thing or something. It just, it was dumb. All right, what else happened? Oh, so Hungry Howie's, which is terrible, uh, is like their main sponsor for food or something for... They're like the main uh, basketball sponsor. Yeah. Ran out of pizza at halftime. My friend went to go get a pizza... Try delicious Hungry Howie's pizza, and they were out by halftime. So How, Hungry was- Howie sucks anyway. Probably doing him a favor by running out of pizza. All right. So what else happened? Charlie was there. Oh yeah, Charlie Hewitt, one of our first guests on the show. Cleveland Browns long snapper Charlie Hewitt was there. He's from Tampa, so he always goes to these games in the off season. He's probably got one of the best jobs in football, honestly. Long snapper, very very good job security as long as you don't mess up. So they just signed him to a long-term deal, I think, last year. So good for him. He had his uh, UCF Letterman polo shirt on, representing. Um, what else happened? Oh, yeah, I humped the bull. <laughs> <laughs> you did. You yeah, rode it. I rode the bull. You so sat on his face. Sat on the bull's face. They have this giant bull statue out front. And then, of course, we got a USF fan to take a picture of it. Uh, that was de- that was honestly demoralizing. Yeah. Like, huge win for us. We did the na 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 hey 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 goodbye when like all the USF people were leaving with like thirty seconds left. That was that was. Oh great. man, that feels so good. <laughs> that felt awesome. It's worse so when it happens game, to you though. It's like the absolute oh, yeah. worst feeling. It's just like oh. <laughs> so we we walk outside the stadium. We're you know we're all kind of uh we're all, we're all all emotions are up and um we see this bull statue and we're like oh we should go like take a picture like flicking it off or something <laughs> and. Sean decides to jump on top of the bull. It's pretty tall, dude. I'd I had, to, say, I had like, to climb it, actually. I was kind of drunk at the time, too. So I was like, uh, I better not mess this up. I would say where you were, the bull head was maybe like eight feet in the air, nine feet in the air. Uh, it was pretty big, yeah. At least. Tall. So he jumps up there. We're going to take a picture. And we turn around, and there was only USF fans. So we asked, was it you who asked? or uh, Somebody asked. Well, the pictures are on my phone, so I think so. This poor little USF, it was like an older lady. She was like, yes, I'll do it. And then we're all like, I was like flicking the bull off and everyone was like smiling and you were just like riding on its head. Hey, you. Classic picture, yeah. by the way. Good times, good times. Did you post it so people could see? Uh, Yeah, I put it on my Instagram story. I'll post it on Twitter too. All right, let's move on. Huge game Thursday versus number 20 Cincinnati. The first matchup between two ranked opponents in CFE Arena history. In 13 years, either we have never been ranked or our opponent has never been ranked at the same time. Or been ranked. Y- yeah, I don't know what I just said, but you know what I mean. So what what are the implications of this game? What are you thinking, Moo? Well, for one, just looking at the standings, the number two seed in the conference tournament is absolutely up for grabs. Really? Uh, really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I mean, we're only one game back of Cincy, so, so. If, if if we win, or actually, I take that back. It would have to be like an epic meltdown of Cincy and their last game. Oh, actually, they play Houston. Okay, there's a chance that. All right, so, all right. This is just a big revenge game for us, though. You know, like we talked about earlier, only lost by five on the road versus a Cincinnati team that was very good. And we just played really, really sloppy and only lost by five. We're going to have home court advantage this time. It's going to be packed. We need everyone to be at that game. But I think we beat them. Uh, I think we beat them pretty easily. But we'll have to see. And we need everyone there supporting the guys. That's for sure. I'll be there. So you guys should be too. I'm driving up. You know, Making the four-hour drive. And back. Let's go. And back. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, actually, I might go up uh, tonight, Wednesday night. So I don't have to do it all at once. Spend the day there. Got a little interviews, stuff going on, some media appearances, you know. <laughs> but uh, You know, it really isn't that bad. And if I can do it, I drove, you know, last week, we all drove the two, two and a half hours up to Tampa. It was on a weekday. I drove back, even though it took me four hours to get back because there was a crazy wreck on 75. I still woke up and went to work the next morning. You know, if you're saying to yourself, oh, man, I got to I got to work on yeah, it, whoa. Uh, Friday. You didn't just get up and go to a nine to five. What time do you got to go to work? I wake up at five every day. 
Yeah, and be in at what six? Pretty much like six, six thirty. Dang. But I wake up at five, at least five every day. So I mean, just I and I just told myself like, look, okay, I'm doing this so I can go support the team, and I really want to see this game. Was it worth it? Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you. We had an awesome time, didn't you? I had a great time. That was a blast. I, I so we lost it. a little bit of sleep, but if you live in Orlando, like I know there's a lot of downtown alumni. Look, the game's at seven and ain't at six. All right, you can plenty of time to get off of work, get your ass down there, and this, it's one last game. That's it. There's no more. That's it. Yeah, the conference championship is hosted in Memphis this year. And then we don't know where we're going to be for March Madness. So let's talk about that. Obviously, we do have the one last away game at Temple, 4 p.m. Uh, Saturday. But then after that, it's the conference tournament. That's all going to be in Memphis. And then we've got you know Selection Sunday, which is on St. Patty's Day this year. And we're going to find out where we're playing in the tournament. Which we're, Wait, are we, we're pretty much a lock for the tournament now, right? Even if we lose our last two? So on the last pod, I know I said that of the two Cincy and two Houston games, or the two Cincy, Houston, and Temple games, that we were going to need to win two, I think we've made a big enough statement with the away win against Houston and the win against SMU and USF to, I'm just going to say it right now, we are a lock for the March Madness tournament, unless now, we, unless we get blown out, but even then, I yeah right, you're right, we're a lock. I don't see, I, agree, I don't see it happening. Not and especially I, I not think, this, not this Cincinnati game ain't happening. Nope, I think we are an absolute lock for the March Madness tournament. Now, I think if we lose, you know, God forbid, we lose these next two games and then out in the first round of the tournament, you know, we might be an 11 or maybe in a 12 seed playing in the first four games. That um, would suck. I don't want an extra game. But as of right now, you know, even if we split these last two games against Cincy and Temple, I think we win at least one, maybe two games in the conference tournament. And we could very easily be a nine seed, maybe even an eight seed. The current seed projections now on just a couple of the more popular websites, as of today, SB Nation has us as a number nine seed going against Baylor. ESPN and Joe Lenardi has us more favored as a number eight seed. That's the highest that I could find versus Texas. And CBS Sports has us as a nine seed versus Auburn. So that win against Houston was so big because last week, a lot of the projections had us as a 10 or an 11 seed. And now we're ranked and we're on the map. Right. Honestly, if we can beat Cincy, which I think we can, and Temple, who we've already beaten... We don't have to win the conference championship to get a super high seed, but I think if we maybe get there and maybe lose, if we lost to Houston, we could be you know somewhere up in the five six range. I think that's about our ceiling is the five six range. Man, this is exciting. It's just crazy. Like we have a chance for a national championship, like a legit chance at the end of the season. Hundred percent. We have the same chance as everyone else. If only it were like that for football. But just as a UCF fan, especially because we haven't been that good in any other sport, really, it's just mind blowing. To I can't even fathom the fact. Like we could win a couple games and like legit be a few games away from a real national championship. That's just so freaking. Well, we exciting. already have a re- we already have a real national championship. An undisputed national championship. Undisputed, yeah, I yeah. guess you could say. Undisputed. And, man, what a time to be a UCF fan. But anyway, going back to the the seating and everything, so there's eight possible regions that we could be in. I'm going to try and make it. It's tough because you only have, you know, the, the, the brackets released on Sunday. Yeah, you have like three days. It's like three days to figure out how to get to one of these eight locations. Hartford, Connecticut, which actually isn't bad. Salt Lake City, Utah. Des Moines, Iowa. Jacksonville, which would obviously be by far the best choice. Tulsa, Oklahoma. Don't want to have to go there twice this year because we play them away in football. Columbus, Ohio. Columbia, South Carolina. And San Jose, California. I'm going to go ahead and say they're not going to put us in San Jose. They just they really avoid like super cross-country stuff. And I, I wouldn't think Iowa or maybe Iowa, but definitely not Utah. 
So it leaves the other six. They all kind of stink besides Jacksonville. I wonder how far Columbia is from Orlando. It can't be that much farther than Jacksonville. It is. A, it's a six-hour drive from Orlando. It's not bad. Nothing. I mean, it's six hours from Fort Myers to Jacksonville. Six hours five. is the same amount of time it'll take you to drive to the airport, wait for a flight, get off, and you know, get your Uber to your hotel. It seriously is about the same amount of time, if you think of it that Six way. Six hours is nothing. Look, we had crazy-ass fans drive, like, 30-whatever hours out to Phoenix yeah. last, <laughs> All right. last month. So. That's insane, yeah. So, yeah, Columbia would definitely be good, too. Everything else kind of stinks. I guess we'll just have to wait and see what happens, though. You know, these projections and stuff always end up changing. It probably won't be any of the things that we talked about. But just have to see what happens. So anyway, talking about Marcus, yeah, this exciting. is like just when we're talking about like, oh, what bowl are we gonna go? It really is the exact same thing. Are we getting in? Are except, we not gonna do it? Except, uh, you know, the Fiesta Bowl was like the best we could do. Our kind of national championship, quote unquote. I mean, this this is the real tournament, which is very exciting, uh, especially considering our tournament history. This will be the first time in 14 years that we've made the tournament. We've only made it four times, and we've never won a game. So. Right, rewriting the record books right in front of us. Like I said, what a time to be alive and a UCF Knights fan. One other thing, too, we are going to have a one-night stand March Madness bracket pool. Got a bunch. We're going to put a bunch of awesome prizes and stuff in there, so stay tuned for that. That'll definitely be a lot of fun. It'll be free to enter, too, as can always. Yes, you can enter. All right, sweet. All right, let's move on. Uh, let's talk about the women's basketball team. Kind of low-key having a very, very good season. I think they just broke their all-time wins record for the regular season. They're 24-5, and also going to make the tournament. So the women are dancing, too. Very, very yeah, exciting. 24-5, and five. I'm, I'm, I'm about that. That's really I good. I actually looked up. They have a bracketology on ESPN for the women's bracket, too, and they're projected to be currently a number 10 seed. Uh, playing Washington, I think. Yeah, that's awesome. So good, good for them. Um, it's pretty epic too that when Danny White came here, he you know clearly said he was going to build a top twenty-five sports program, and that didn't mean just football; it meant every sport, men, women, children. So that's awesome that not children. You know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, that is awesome that you know we're really coming through. I mean, baseball, baseball you know, just started. Yep, and then our soccer teams I, have been good I, too. It's just awesome to see that, like you know, we're pretty much we're good at everything. Yeah, we might not be, we might not be like a national champion in we every will. sport, but we're because pretty good at everything. Here's sport, the thing: when we're consistently good in sports, and it's not just a fluke, then some of those good years will be great years. You know, but you can't just have a random great year if you're mediocre all the time. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's how like teams like you know Florida State and Florida and you know any well-known Power Five school, they're the same way. They're pretty good at a lot of different sports Ex- like, all and, the time. And winning is it's not it's a tradition. It's expected almost. And then they have those breakout years where you know they just it all clicks and and they make a run in the tournament or whatever. For whatever sport. Yeah. Uh, just like Wisconsin and football. They're like always good. Yeah. Like Wisconsin is always in the top 25. Because well, they're in a really easy side of their conference. But anyway. But you know you know what I Big mean. Big 10 West. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I know what you're saying. Anyway. All right. What else happened since the last show? Oh, NFL Combine. Let's talk about Tristan Hill a little bit. Turning some heads. Had a really, really, really good combine. 5.04 on the 40-yard dash. Really good splits. I posted a bunch of videos of him on Twitter. Dude is, like, nimble for a 6'2". I think he's a 6'2 and 3 quarters, 300-pound guy. He looked good he's out there. He's very fast. You know, I got extremely lucky this weekend. I just randomly decided to turn on the combine, and his group, was about to start it was like nine it was like 9 a.m on sunday or something weird yeah i I like totally forgot about it and i just randomly put it on and he was on so he was in the same group with you know easy easy clear-cut first rounders maybe even top 10 or tenors you know quinn williams dexter lawrence ed oliver Uh, ed oliver didn't do any drills oh well he's still in their group though it was the d tackles okay 
But yeah, Quinn and Williams and Dexter Lawrence are two easy first rounders, maybe even top tens. And I got to say, like, there was a couple times where Tristan, like, went right before or right after Quinn and Williams, and he just looked more athletic. Yeah. Tristan did. He really, like, really, all around. He really stood out. And if you do a, a, a Twitter search for Tristan Hill in quotes, I mean, he's getting talked about by these draft reporters and everything, like, big time. So I'm thinking second, third round for him, definitely. Uh, possibly even higher. You know, you just have to see how the chips fall. But. It's really, really exciting. You know, obviously, we're not going to have as many players drafted this year. Probably just going to be him, maybe Snelson in a late round. We'll have to see how he does at pro day. But I feel like Tristan, just going out on a limb, I feel like the Patriots are somebody that would pick Tristan. If you look at teams that supposedly need D-tackles, the ones that come up, you know, they're all kind of playoff teams. So they're picking like the late late end of the round. The Vikings, the Rams with Nadamik and Sue set to be a free agent. The Seahawks, obviously, you keep the uh, UCF to Seattle thing going. Um, yeah, I was gonna say the Vikings too. Would, you know, yeah, I know, I know. So the teams that if you if you look up teams that need you know help in the interior line, it's all good teams. And uh, God, him going to Seattle would be awesome. Obviously, Jacksonville. I, Jacksonville doesn't need a tackle, but uh, you know, any anywhere in Florida, Miami, Tampa Bay would be cool. I mean, I <laughs> I'm gonna be a fan of whatever team he's on. So it really doesn't matter. I just hope he doesn't get stuck in like Oakland or something with like terrible coach and just a dumpster fire of an organization. Redskins would also stink. So I pretty much just guaranteed he's going to either Oakland or Washington. Sorry, Tristan. <laughs> no, Bucks would be great. We could just like maybe ask him for some tickets. Or just go. The tickets aren't that expensive. It's the Bucks. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but uh, I think the Bucks are going to be good this year with Dirk Cutter. Or sorry, getting rid of Dirk Cutter with Bruce Arians. Anyway, we're excited for him. When's the NFL draft? Like April? End, right of, after the end of April. So we've got uh, UCF Pro Day on March 26th, and then the draft is, I think, like April 20th, something like that. So just about a month and a half away. And, you know, we've got this March Madness stuff going on. By the time all that's over, it'll be like two weeks till the draft. Definitely uh, exciting. All right. Speaking of football, spring practice has started. Woo! I love it. Here we go. Just get, starting to get that feeling again. Starting to get that feeling. Spring practice started. Obviously, the biggest news at UCF, Brandon Wimbush in there. Heupel said all the quarterbacks are taking equal reps for the most part. Max getting the first reps, obviously, but it's a wide-open battle. And, you know, we've been talking about this for a while. Not much to say because the practices aren't open, but it's definitely his job to lose. And it'll be exciting to see how this kind of pans out over the next few weeks. One thing I did notice, and I noticed other people talking about on social media, was the level of maturity that a guy like Wimbush brings to a team, you know, in a quarterback room with a lot of young guys. And just kind of the way his demeanor and the way he handled himself in interviews is, was kind of turned some heads. And it, it's cool to have that, you know, regardless of what playing time he ends up getting, it's always good to have that veteran presence in there. Especially, you know, a guy coming from Notre Dame which is in such a bigger spotlight with their huge alumni base and everything like that compared to UCF. Definitely a really, really good pickup for us, and uh, I'm excited to see how this plays out. Yeah, even saw some pics of uh, KZ out there with the little bucket hat thing. The, the, bu- coach, the bucket, bucket hat. The bucket hat and the uh, and the golf cart riding around. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's he's got such a great football IQ. His presence is definitely going to help whoever ends up getting that starting quarterback job you know I think pretty much we can rule out him being back this season you know just having him here definitely makes all the guys better in that quarterback room such a good kid and uh, I really you know wish him the best in his recovery he had a bunch of uh, media appearances yesterday did you see that he was on he was doing interviews and stuff all morning the first time he's spoken out in public to media since the injury he was on Mark Daniels' show. He was on a bunch of radio shows. One thing he said that was interesting was that someone asked him, was the injury, was that like the lowest point in your season or something like that or in your career? I don't remember exactly how it was worded. And he actually said no. The The, the hardest part that he had to come back from was before his sophomore season when he was seriously considering moving home. And, you know, there was that whole – it was kind of up oh, in the wow. air. Oh, wow. He actually said, yeah. said that. Well – he didn't say that in his interview, but he said that time, which I don't know if you saw the article, 
he was considering moving home. You know, getting booed out of the Cure Bowl hurt him. He didn't feel at home in Orlando. He missed Hawaii, he missed his parents. So he kind of had some time to find himself, and he went home, and his mom decided to move to Orlando with him. And, I mean, then, you know, obviously his sophomore year was pretty historic, and the rest is kind of history. But he said that was worse than, you know, this whole injury and everything. He also Well, yeah, I mean, you can't forget that offseason, you know, the rumors started flying about how they couldn't find him. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, like, that's what I was referring was. to, yeah. Then he like moved. They said he moved out of his apartment. Whether that was true or not, I don't know. But there was a lot of rumors going on. In the end, it ended up okay. But there was definitely. I mean, he was definitely considering going back to Hawaii. I mean, you can't blame him. It, stuff's hard. He's a kid. He was eighteen. You know. But everything definitely worked out for the best. And uh, you know, like I said before, wish him a speedy recovery. Spring game. Don't forget. Mark your calendars. Yeah. What? I'll be there. I'll be there too. Hey, you. April thirteenth, two thirty, I think. Which hopefully it's not like it's gonna be hot 90, as fuck. Ninety-five <laughs> degrees. Yeah, it's already, dude. Even like these last three weeks have been really hot, and it's like still middle of winter, oh, no. pretty much. But uh, anyway, how do the tickets work for the spring game? They said that or not? Yeah. So if you have season tickets, you just like go on there and click that you want it, and they give it to you. It's free. Can but, you like upgrade? I think you can actually. It's not expensive either. I like that club, man. Yeah, you club know, at USF made me like a club guy. Got to be in the club. I now. mean, the black and gold seats aren't that. What are they? Five, six hundred bucks or something for the season? Yeah, but you don't have AC club. I oh need, yeah, like, that's true. I need like tower club. Is that is that? A, I've never. I dude. I don't even. I don't even go on that side of the stadium because I'm on. I'm on the away side. Well, I've seen pictures and like inside the tower, it's kind of like at the USF game where. You know, they just have like food and a bar and yeah. you know like that. But it's, in right. the, it's inside, so let's splurge. Let's splurge. I'm down. I'll do it. Anyway, thing is, I, I want to make sure that like I can be as loud as I normally am. You know, down in my other section. Have you not been to a spring game before? I have not actually. I, I mean, it's you don't really cheer. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess it's like oh yeah, good play or oh shit, the we're, defense sucks. We're we're only loud because it's the other teams on offense. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, you could celebrate, but oh, man. I really haven't been to a spring game. Clearly, before, so I, I can tell. Fun. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, definitely looking forward to that and seeing everyone out there. All right, now it's time for our Fab Five biggest basketball wins for UCF. Felt this was really appropriate, obviously, after this huge win at Houston last week. So our number five, we're, oh, these are this is an ordered Fab Five, by the way. Uh, Moo, why don't you start us off with number five? All right, so number five in our Fab Five biggest b-ball wins, according to us in recent memory, is the no- 2011, where we beat then number four UConn 68-63 in the Invitational Tournament Battle for Atlantis down in the Bahamas. This was a pretty crazy win because at the beginning of the year, you know, beginning of the year basketball, everyone's still focused on football because it starts in November. And I probably didn't even know this game was going on. Uh, (laughs) We definitely weren't ranked when this game was happening. But to beat a top four team in the country like UConn 2011, pretty epic. And that's why I made number five of our Fab Five. That was awesome. All right. Number four, we have our 2012 First ever win against Memphis at home, 68-67, nail-biter. I wasn't there, but Moo was, so Moo, why don't you take it away? It was a real back-and-forth game. It was down to the end. We were up one. I think Keith Clanton had hit a couple of foul shots at the very end to seal the deal. You know, they brought out all the little security, like, event people with, like, that giant rope thing to, like, keep everyone from storming the court. And I was talking to my buddy. I was like, you think they're going to storm the court? And he's like, well, we'll let everybody else go first, and then we'll see. <laughs> so at <laughs> first, everyone kind of looked around at each other, and then one kid, like, bolted. And then everyone was like, they can't stop us all! And everyone just ran. And I got to tell you, if you've never stormed the court at a college basketball arena, a college basketball game, it's one of the coolest things ever. Definitely a memory that I'll never forget. Even though at the time, Memphis was unranked, so were we. But it was kind of like, uh, hey, you know, we've never beat them before, and 
you know, one kid did it first, so we all just jumped on. And the videos on YouTube, if you want to look it up, I mean, you can't even see the court. There's that many students because the the game was definitely packed. But yeah, definitely, definitely a memory that will live live on in my mind forever. Yeah, definitely. And on the subject of storming the court, uh, number three are Win versus Illinois in 2017 to make the NIT Final Four. I was there. I stormed the court, so I know exactly what you're talking about. That was awesome. And, dude, I got, like, pinned up against Taco's back. It was like my face was, like, shoved against his sweaty. It was honestly, I was almost, like, at his butt, just above his butt. And, like, I couldn't move because it was so packed on the court. It was kind of gross. I kind of didn't care. And I was like, holy crap, this guy's actually really, really tall. Like, I'd never been next to him in person. But that was awesome. And that was, uh, you know, to get us to the NIT Final Four, Madison Square Garden that next week. Actually flew up for that game. Flight was delayed. Got there at halftime just in time to watch us completely unravel. <laughs> so I was in New York for like an hour and I had to catch a flight back home. But that was definitely a special season. You know, that was that, that year where we had Matt Williams, his senior year, where he was just like electric from three points. And, uh, and then, you know, BJ and, and Taco there too. That was a, a really good team and that was a fun special season. It, it you know, Johnny Dawkins, it kind of put him on the map there. I always remember him holding up that apple after that game versus Illinois, speaking to all the students there. All right, uh, number two, go Moo. Go to number two was our game against then number 18th ranked the Florida Gators in 2010. This was a neutral site game in the Amway Center in Orlando, home of the Orlando Magic. It was an awesome win anytime we beat any in-state school it's great, especially the Gators, just extra little rubbing it in there. Led the team, Marcus Jordan, uh, A.J. Romsa, Keith Clanton. Legends. You know, those, those are the guys, you know, when we were in school, or like the later years when we were in school. So that was just an awesome win. It was near the beginning of the year. I think we ended up being ranked. I think that was the year we started like 13-0 and or 14-0. and We started 14-0. Uh, and we were ranked for about three weeks, and then we lost to uh, we lost at Houston at Southern Miss, dropped out of the top twenty-five, lost our next six games in a row. <laughs> yeah, I remember we had like an epic collapse, but we got up to like number sixteen, I think, in the top twenty-five. We got up to nineteen. Okay. Yeah, uh, pretty respectable. It was fun, but then you know it was just like that was like the most hype we've ever been going into conference play. And then we just absolutely just folded. I mean, it was it was abysmal. But, oh, well, good start, I guess. All right, so that brings us to number one. You guessed it. Last week at number eight, Houston, on the road. The biggest win in UCF history, 69-64. All the pieces are coming together at the right time. You know, I know it's not our biggest win in terms of the highest-ranked team. UConn was number four, but that was at the beginning of the season, one of those stupid invitational things. I mean, this is, you know, crunch time when teams are playing their best. Everything's on the line. We're in the big spotlight. College game day is there. Is any other school undefeated in college game day? Because we're 2-0 and now. Weren't we on game day before on a, of an away game, I think? We played against like Purdue or something. Somebody oh. posted that in football. Yeah, whatever. Doesn't. But count. Anyway, eh, it doesn't count. Don't remember. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I mean, you know, everyone was there. All the you know the A list ESPN guys, Jay Williams and uh, Jay Billis and all them, and we put on a show. You know, like UCF football is done, we step up and deliver on the big stage. That is the number one of our Fab Five biggest basketball wins. We go down the list again. Number five. At number four, UConn in Atlantis, 2011. Number four, 2012 home game versus Memphis, the nail-biter. Number three, versus Illinois to make the NIT Final Four in 2017. Number two, versus number 18, Florida, Marcus Jordan at the Amway Center in Orlando. And the number one of our Fab Five biggest basketball wins in UCF history this week at number eight, Houston College Game Day. That's it. All right. But wait. We have a special edition of Money Moves Picks of the Week. 
hasn't been a picks of the week since probably I lost everyone's money in the Fiesta Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, we're I was all right there with we're you. all we're all betting on UCF anyway. So a couple of picks this week could be kind of obvious, but if you're an online better, make sure to check out Five Dimes. Not a show sponsor, but it was the only online site that I could find odds with UCF to win the whole March Madness tournament, the NCAA basketball tournament. Right now, Five Dimes has has us at three hundred and seventy five to one to win the turn to win the whole thing. The max bet you can do is ten bucks to win thirty seven hundred and fifty dollars. It's an easy no brainer. Even if you just want to have fun or, you know, tell your friends like, hey, you know, I believe in the team. But definitely I would say for the value perspective, ten bucks, even if you throw one dollar on it, you know, who cares? I tried to put a I tried to put a hundred, but the max three hundred and seventy five to one. You know, if you wait a little bit, maybe some of the other online sites uh will get they will. Maybe even a higher number, or if you're in Vegas or traveling out to Vegas, they might have some at some of the local casinos. But definitely, I think all the key components are coming together, and I really think that we could make a deep run uh, in the tournament. If you get us at three seventy-five to one, and we get to the Sweet Sixteen, you know, and all we have to do is win two games to get there. That means we have a one in sixteen shot at winning a three hundred seventy-five to one bet. I mean, if that's not value, I don't know what is. There's not even three hundred seventy-five Division One teams. Yeah, there's sixty-four. I mean, this is. Uh, Free money, pretty much. <laughs> anyway, so right. do that, and then quickly, right after you listen to this. So the line hasn't come out on the Cincinnati game for Thursday yet. However, according to the power rankings, the preview line should be UCF minus two. Now, that might sound kind of weird to you since Cincinnati is ranked higher than UCF, but we have a pretty good home court advantage, and that's why the, the power ranks are showing that it should be UCF minus two. Now, if the line comes out and say it's a pick 'em, even, or if UCF is even getting points for the plus one or plus two, that's really when you want to fire away. Cincinnati is 0 2 against top 50 teams in the power ranks. UCF is currently ranked 43. And three out of their four losses for Cincinnati have come on the road. Now, the last four games for Cincinnati, their margin of victory has gone down by exactly one point each game. They beat UCF by five, beat UConn by four, SMU by three, Memphis by two. So this is the next game. The luck's running out. I really think UCF minus two is a good bet, but if you can get anything above that, minus one, pick them, or UCF even getting points, it's definitely a no-brainer. Yeah, I agree, and I don't know what power rankings you use. I use the Ken Palm, and we're pretty much even with Cincinnati. So having home court advantage would put us pretty much in that minus two range. But you know, you're right. The trends are important, like you say, in college basketball, and just the fact that we should have beat Cincinnati on the road last time, and now we're playing. I mean, our team. The difference is like night and day from our last game at Cincinnati. How we're playing now, I think we 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 beat them easily. So yeah, I, I mean, I like other. This. Other factors you have, senior night, and the big revenge factor coming from a close away loss when you come back to a home game usually means advantage home team. Definitely, definitely. All right, so let's review those picks one more time. Well, there's only two, so just take UCF to win the whole tournament. We found 375 to 1 on five dimes. And I would be taking UCF minus two. But if it's anything above that, if it's UCF minus one, UCF even, or UCF even getting points, money line. Throw, throw a little bit extra on there for your boy. I agree. Let's get that, get that money. money. That was terrible. That was horrible by you. No, you like <laughs> spaced it out bad. All right. You spaced it out bad. All right. Last thing, let's do our Monday slash Wednesday mailbag. Who is our biggest threat in football next season now that we no longer play Memphis in the regular season and why? Temple, maybe? Cincy or Temple? I mean, Temple because they have a really good quarterback, but Cincy, they've had a top three recruiting class in the conference for the last two or three years. And and we we play them on the road this year, too. Yeah, they're just young. Like, we haven't had any, like, really – 
tough road tests other than Memphis last year. Yeah, I got to agree with you. It's got to be Cincy on that. Next question. Since practice started yesterday, give us the first season predictions for 2019. Uh, we're going to win. I, <laughs> You know, I want to say undefeated, but I don't think we can do it again. It has nothing to do with our team. Just you can't have three straight undefeated seasons in football. It's unheard of. It's so hard. And there were so many things that happened where we almost lost. I mean, I guess, you know, we kind of – the Fiesta Bowl made up for it, but I don't know. I mean, I still think we're good. I'm hoping, you know, 11-1, and one, conference championship, MY6 Bowl. We'll just have to see what happens, you know. There's there's a lot of question marks still on the defensive line and a quarterback, but uh, I'm, I'm still excited. I really like our schedule. Absolutely. I would have to say the big statement is going to have to be against Stanford. That's going to deter. I think that game is going to determine how the whole rest of our season plays out. And that away game versus Pitt is not going to be easy. It's not going to be like this last Pitt game. They're not going to roll over to us, especially because this is a revenge game for them. We beat their ass last time, and I, I they're going to bring us their absolute best game this year. I think that one's going to be tough too. If we get out of that, we're going to be ranked like top ten in like week four. And who knows what's going to happen after that. Oh, man, I'm getting excited. <laughs> All right, this one's from Jay Carnero1. Who will be UCF's next president? Surprised we haven't talked about this so far, but... Yeah, well, I figured we'd, we'd leave it here till the end. All right, first of all, no one has any idea who the next president's going to be. Unfortunately, there's a lot of politics involved with this kind of stuff, so we really have no idea. But let's use this question to talk about this whole situation with Dale Whitaker. I don't want to get into it too in-depth, and actually, I'm not that informed, but generally what happened was Colburn Hall was like falling apart and was like a health hazard. We needed to either fix it or, much easier, just demolish it and build a new one. UCF gets a crap ton of money from the state every year, and they say, hey, you have to use this for buildings and this for something else, and it's really, really stupid how it's worked out. We took money from like our left pocket when we were supposed to take it out of our right pocket to build the building. And we, so we took it out of our left, build the building, and then we took money from our right pocket and put it in the left. Does that make sense? Like we just used the wrong money and then we replaced it. But it, it was right. our own pockets. We didn't put our hands in someone else's pocket. We didn't take money from anyone. It was our own money. We just used it how we weren't supposed to. But then we replaced it correctly. Not a huge deal. Actually, a lot of other schools do this because the system is set up poorly. But the problem is there was some denying and covering up. And the full extent of this, we will not know. And I love Dale Whitaker, but the fact that he resigned hours before he was supposed to testify means that there might have been some funny business going on. He may have lied, not necessarily on purpose, inadvertently, or maybe, I, I don't know. But the moral of the story is, is that Everyone makes mistakes. And actually, Whitaker wasn't even in charge of this when it happened. But everyone makes mistakes. And when you realize that, you can either start to cover it up, which can be the easy way out, and most of the time nobody finds out. Or you can just admit that, you know, hey, this is wrong. This person messed up. I'm sorry. I take full accountability. And in which case, if that had happened, Dale Whitaker would still be president of UCF. So, moral of the story here is... Just be honest with stuff because it's like the Nixon thing, the tapes or whatever. It was stupid. But the cover-up is what got him impeached out of office of president. So don't cover stuff Yeah, I mean, the whole, the whole situation, it's just kind of a bummer. I mean, I like Dale Whitaker too. I agree with what you say. Like, I don't know what happened. Nobody's going to know what happened. It's a lot of he said, Likely. she said political crap too. I was trying to read some of these documents. I'm like... I don't have the attention span for this. I don't really care. And it's like, (laughs) yeah, but at the end of this sucks because he really, I know this, that he, he absolutely loved the university and he was all, all about the university and all about athletics too. I mean, God, right. Him and Danny white were just like the perfect one, two punch to lead our school, but it happens. I just hope, you know, they put someone good in his place. Buddy Dyer's name was thrown out there, but he quickly, stomp that rumor out we honestly just don't know i mean it's kind of just an open thing and it's political unfortunately which is why we're having this conversation in the first place 
because no crimes were committed, at least money-wise. Now, if you lie about stuff and cover up stuff, then that's that's different. But the actual crime, it was a victimless crime. Yeah, I mean, uh, what can I say? No one got hurt and we used our own money. Yeah. It is what it is, and, you know, it, there's nothing we can do at this point. So we just have to move past it and learn from it, too, because, you know, like the whole thing with making mistakes and, and covering it up, the other thing, too, is once something's in the past, all you can do is learn from it and, and hope it doesn't happen again. Real, real stinky how this whole thing played out because, like you said, he was a really good guy and really, really cared about UCF. All right. All right. Yeah, that's pretty much it for questions. All right. Let's wrap this up. Guys, go to the basketball game on Thursday. I will be there. It is going to be an electric atmosphere for the first time ever. You know what? It doesn't matter if you haven't followed basketball. Well, it's not going to be an electric at- – no. It's not going to be an electric atmosphere for the first time ever. For the first time this season. That's what you just said. All right. For the first for the first time this season because our attendance has not been good. But look, guys, it's not too late to hop on the bandwagon. Who cares? You're forgiven. I mean, even I didn't pay that much attention to basketball – in the first part of the season. So let's get there. The pass is the pass. Show up. Pack this place. It's senior night. There's four seniors. This is going to be their last home game ever. Show them that you care. and Show them that you support them. Guys, we have a legit chance in making a run for the national freaking championship. All right? can't believe you just said that, I, but it's, it's real. It doesn't sound real. I can't believe. This is the first time I've ever said that as a UCF fan. So go out there. Be loud. Come say hi. And, yeah, uh, I'm really, really looking forward to this game and, and this tournament and everything, too. Spring break also, what is it, next week? Uh, oh, yeah, spring break. Spring Hey-o. break, UCF. If, if anybody's coming down to Fort Myers Beach, hit me up. I work down there. I'll hook you up with some free beer. Hey, free beer. Money Moo is a, <laughs> is a, a beer. What do you do? Beer sales rep? Beer sales, sales rep. Yep. Money Moo beer sales rep. Uh, anyway, yeah, have fun, be safe, uh, you know, on your cruise, don't fall over, don't die in Key West, or end up in anything weird, which is definitely possible if you're in Key West. Either way, have fun, and support that basketball team Thursday night. I'll see you guys there. Go Knights. Charge on. Dominate 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 Dominate